Hey, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back for another episode of Addiction and Codependency Breakthrough. I am so glad you're here. I'm on a mission to help you deal with the addict or alcoholic in your life and heal from the relationship shrapnel that has been caused by you being a victim of somebody else's internal war. So I am so glad you're here. And today we're going to ask a question. Do you have clear boundaries? Now, you could say, well, yeah, I mean, I have my boundaries. You just stop doing what they're doing. You know, I want them to tell them a million times, stop it or else, or else, or else, or else what? And that is where we get stuck. We go, you do that thing one more time. I'm going to do that thing. And then we don't do that thing we say we're going to do. And so it's really important that you take the time to get the clarity you need on what exactly it is that you're available for and unavailable for in your relationship. And yeah, you get to do that. You get to decide, believe it or not. I know sometimes it feels like you have no say at all whatsoever, but I'm here to remind you that you do. You do have more influence than you think, certainly on the addict or alcoholic in your life. And you have absolute control and power over one thing in your life. And that's you. I know it doesn't feel that way, especially when the addict or alcoholic is doing whatever they're doing in your relationship and you feel like they're they're making you crazy, they're making you question your sanity, they're driving you nuts. But you know the truth is, is that um, nobody makes you do anything. We give other people permission to make us feel how we let them make us feel. And so I want to talk to you today just about the topic of boundaries and I'm going to frame it up in a little bit of a kind of a different different way where you can take yourself out of it for a minute and just see how this is such a crucial thing for you to be able to do, not just for you, but for the addict or alcoholic in your life, clear boundaries is the most loving thing you can do or for your children in your life, clear boundaries. It's the most loving thing you can do. I grew up in a really dysfunctional household, abusive, explosive, and loving and everything in between. And there were moments where, you know, you, it was very unpredictable. It was like a Jekyll or Hyde kind of environment. And when somebody's dealing, a kid's dealing with addiction or dysfunction in their family, that Jekyll or Hyde thing is very common. You, you never quite know what you're going to get. It's going to be a great day or a bad day. What's going to happen? And the shame was true with um, growing up, you know, as a kid, of course, I mean, I was always just wanted to do my own thing. And uh, I remember, you know, there are many times that I would do something that I would think for sure I was going to get in trouble. And it was like, nobody cared. Nobody even noticed that I did the thing or they, it was like, whatever, just do whatever you want. And I heard that many times, well, whatever, just, you're going to do what you want anyway. So just do whatever you want. There were other times I would do something and think, well, you know, whatever. And I would get eat for that thing or ignored for doing that thing and not talked to for hours at a time. And so, or days, you know, whatever. So the inconsistency is really an unfair position to put not just yourself in, but the people that you love, the people in your family in, and the, and the best thing that you can offer somebody and the most loving thing you can do is to become more consistent with predictable reactions to somebody's behavior. If they do this, this is what you do each and every time. You know, what happens is we don't do that. We pretend we're fine, don't we? That's such a codependent thing, especially, by the way, 
there are eight different codependency patterns that we enact when we're in these relationships. If you want to find out if you're codependent and what your codependency type is, you can go over to my site. I've created a test just for you at HeidiRain.com. And you could take that assessment right now or after you watch this video and get the, and get your download of how you function inside this dysfunction. Now, what I'm saying is if you're pretending and pretending, right, I'm fine. I'm fine. It doesn't bother you. And this can be on any level at all in your life. This could be at work with colleagues, with a boss asking too much from you boundaries. Why you do one boundaries, how you do all boundaries. So if you're one minute, you're like pretending like you're fine. No, it doesn't bother me. I'm going to suck it up a buttercup. I'm going to put my big girl pants on and I'm going to act like it doesn't bother me. And then you suck it up, you suck it up, you suck it up. And then what happens? The next time they do probably the same exact thing, this is the time you unleash and unload. And you're a ticking time bomb. You go off, you 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 have an inappropriate response to the behavior and they're scratching their head going, well, you were fine with this last Tuesday. You know, what's the problem? And it's like, what's the matter with you that now you're acting this way and but da da da, the gaslighting begins. And so the consistency is your best friend. Really figuring out for yourself what is it that you can, somebody can count on you every single time that if they do this behavior, this is the non negotiable thing that goes down. Now, I know it's so hard to think of that non negotiable thing, especially because you're such a lover. And sometimes boundaries are really hard for you because you don't want to, what, right? Hurt them, of course. Uh, that's so ironic, by the way. We don't want to protect the people that are hurting us, but we we don't want to hurt them. We don't want to be too harsh. We second guess and question our boundaries. That's another form of codependency is like, is it okay to set this boundary? Am I allowed? It's actually, is this all right? I mean, or... What do I do if they're not going to follow through? You know, if they don't, if I set the boundary and they don't listen, you know, I have to have a plan in place. I know that's very real. Everything you're wondering and thinking is very real. And that's exactly why I created my addiction breakthrough course that's over on my site at HeidiRain.com. On there, you'll find just countless hours of coaching content, um, not found here on podcasts or YouTube, but personalized coaching content, directly answering the questions about setting boundaries, how to set a boundary, role-playing that boundary, uh, endless, endless information. And then of course, if you feel like at any point you want my help, you know, me to come alongside of you and answer your questions, well, Heidi, is this appropriate? You know, this is my unique situation. What do you think? You can always request more information on HeidiRain.com about our coaching and how that works. And I'd be happy to help you. So the first step though, is this clarity that you can't have consistency without clarity. You don't, you know, what would we be in our life without predictability? You know, you can really be in this relationship that's so chaotic. And a lot of people that grow up in addiction or dysfunction get addicted to the chaos and they think like normal is boring. Maybe you're one of those people where you're like, ah, this is normal is boring. I kind of like the excitement. You love it and you hate it at the same time. Let's be real. How many areas of your life can you think of that predictability is extremely important to you? You need to know that when you wake up, it's the sun's going to rise that day. You you count on the fact that the days have 24 hours in them. It's consistent, the same amount of time every single day. You count on the fact that um, 
that the earth will support your feet beneath and the whole thing's not going to cave under. You know, these are kind of silly, maybe seeming examples, but that's what you're doing emotionally in your life. You're walking on a eruptive volcano and thinking, but you, you can create consistency, even in the most chaotic environments. I promise you, you can. And I'm going to give you an example. My first job in psychology when I was studying was at a uh, facility for kids. There were, they lived like on this beautiful college campus. It was in Gettysburg, uh, Pennsylvania, and it was a bunch of different houses and a school and there, every house housed a different age range of kid from seven to 18. And these are kids that were like going to be ward of the uh, court or, or state, or were trying to get back into their families or were a step away from a lockdown facility, juvenile detention center. And it was really a place where they came to get therapy so they could reform and, and heal, you know? And even though every single kid in this, uh, place had severe behavioral issues, oppositional defiant disorder, conduct disorder, bipolar, um, just, uh, you know, erupting constantly. And it was really unsafe. And as you can imagine, super, super chaotic. All of them had a reason they were acting this way, whether nature or nurture. So many of them came from super chaotic backgrounds and were acting out all these things. So why am I telling you this? Because I want you to imagine this. There'd be times when, when these kids, now this is intense, what I'm going to tell you. Okay. There would be times when they was ki these kids would act out and how they would act out is they would try to really hurt you either mentally or emotionally or physically. They would come after you. They would hit you. They would bite you. We have to put them in safe physical management and holds, you know, therapeutic holds, and they would uh, pee on you or defecate on you. They would defecate on their hands and throw it at you. I mean, it was chaos, like probably you've never imagined in your life. Okay. And I was there every single day. We did 16 hour shifts, four on, four off for almost five years, four years. I was there in and out with these kids. And, um, like I said, they were different age range and my house was called the Everhart house. And I had one of the best teachers there on the planet. Uh, I don't want to mention his name here, but he, he was absolutely amazing. And when I came to the house, he had the best house on campus every single week, you'd get like residents of the week and things like that. And, and these boys were 10 to 13 year old boys. Now, just that alone, right? And, and on top of the mental challenges and emotional challenges that these kids were having. And they lived in the house and went to school, et cetera. But uh, when I was there, what I learned was that everything can be erupting around you chaotically and the ticket to your emotional and mental health, your, 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 your ticket to sanity, because you can imagine one could lose themselves in the midst of all the chaos with the kids, right? Especially if those kids are acting out and hurting you or vomiting or peeing on you, you know, whatever it is. I mean, you can imagine how important it is to stay calm, cool, collected and to maintain your personal boundaries and know what you're going to do. Same is true for you. Whatever is going on in your dynamic, the alcoholic is embarrassing you at a party. They're, they're falling down They're you know, whatever it is. Okay. That you can have 
Your personal power is in your personal plan. And I teach this in my program and I teach this in my coaching all the time. Your personal power is in your personal plan. And that is when this thing happens, this is what I do. Not sometimes, not today I'll give you a pass because you're really cute. You know, I'm really liking you today, so I'll forgive you, you know, uh, but tomorrow I'm mad at you. So I'm going to give you the harshest punishment. It's consistent across the board, no matter where it is for your children too. It's same thing. You can count on me. That's what you're saying. These boys in our house thrived and not to say their mental illness disappeared and their emotional challenges, but they were, we were able to manage them. And part of the reason is because they, for the first time in their lives, knew what to expect. They knew they could count on me. They could count on my partner to do exactly the same thing, no matter what was going on and do it calm, cool, and collected, devoid of emotion. Now you probably watched Dr. Ramaniers or, you know, Professor C or whatever, you know, overcoming narcissism, you know, where you talk about gray stone, you know, and, and just kind of not giving any emotion and not feeding this. Well, it's kind of like that in that environment. So I'm going to give you another example about how I would manage these children. And then I want you to apply it to your spouse's addiction. So one of the things that the kids would do uh, many times would just flip furniture, right? Upset the whole thing, grab knives out of the kitchen and try to hurt, run after people. I mean, it was very, like I said, unpredictable and chaotic. And we had about, I think about 15 boys at a time in the house under one roof that we were living with and managing and things like that. So dinner time was all together and there'd be two, two huge tables and there'd be one kid that you kind of knew, Hey, you want to keep your eyes out because this is probably what's going to happen. And you could always kind of know it was going to go off. He was going to go off the chain, just like you kind of always can tell right before something's about to go down with your spouse, the shit's going to hit the fan. We all have that spidey sense. Something is about to go down. Well, one of the kids, what he would start to do right before you could tell he was amping and ramping up is he would take a pen or a fork or whatever he would have. And he would start banging on the table and not really loud at first. At first it would just be like little tiny taps right on the table. And depending upon uh, what would happen next and what kind of a reaction he would get, it would get louder and louder and louder and louder. And then it would become shaking of the table. And then it would become flipping the table and lunging to another kid's throat. Okay. And that's how fast it would progress. Now I could wait and see, wow, I wonder if today uh, so-and-so is going to go across the table. Well, if the history of the person is any indicator, logic would tell me likely that table is going to flip. He's not banging his pencil because he just feels like making a spoon, okay, singing a song. And just like your alcoholic isn't having a beer because they just feel like being a normal person for a day and they're not going to be an alcoholic anymore. That's not how that works, okay? So what would I do? As soon as the tapping would happen, I wouldn't blow up. I would go, here we go again. Oh, shit. Oh, shit's going to hit the fan. Oh, great. I would calmly walk over and say, I see that you're having difficulty uh, sitting here at the table. Uh, let me walk you to another space where you can burn off some energy. Okay. That would be step one, just offering an opportunity to come out of the space, keep everybody else safe and burn off some energy. Not always did that work. No, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Now we're in a safe hold. Now we're going, escorting to a, a room where we can, everybody can be safe. You know, 
what have you, but the same reaction was every time. And even when they were reacting and, and freaking out and doing the whole thing, the, the, the attitude is still the same. Hey, I see that you're, you're biting. Uh, if you continue to bite, we're going to have to continue to hold you. We're going to escalate to phase two. We're going to put you in a, a safe room by yourself if you continue to behave, but, but very calm. And I'm, I, I know that that sounds so like, wow, how do you do that? But with training and expertise, you are able to maintain that. And that is, wouldn't it be awesome for you to be able to be like a Jedi in the midst of all the storm, all the things are flying around you and you are the Jedi sitting just calmly meditating and just knowing how to protect your space and do everything that you need to do. That type of power is available to you 110%, but the power lies in your personal plan. The first thing you need to know is make a list today, right now. Things, the first step is what am I available for and what am I unavailable for? Before you even set a boundary, you have to be very clear about what behaviors are okay with you and what behaviors are not okay with you. If I don't know that the tapping of the pen is not okay for me, I'm not going to react consistently every time. Sometimes I'm going to be not okay with the pen tapping and other times I'm going to react to the pen tapping. I need to know, does the pen tapping require an intervention? Okay. Is this something I'm prepared to execute every single time? And this is so valuable for children, for, for bosses, for Sally, that coworker, he keeps asking you to do her stuff for, you know, how many nurses I work with that could use this information just in the hospital. Okay. I mean, I, I had to go in the other day. I had, I had swollen in my leg. I was like, of course, I thought I was dying and having a blood clot. I wasn't, but I, you know, of course I thought I was. And I went into the emergency room and I just listened, listened to all the shit that these nurses take all day long on a regular basis. And God bless you. Uh, then you go home and you deal with this as well. And so just learning how not to let that penetrate you and how to have that Jedi mind is such a crucial part of you being able to be a happy, healthy human being. I work with a lot of teachers as well, had the same kind of dynamic in school all day. My God, you know, it's just, man. And then this compounded on top of that, geez, I, I just, I feel grateful that I'm able to support so many people that are angels on earth, you know, helping so many other people. It's like, I get to help the helpers. I actually, uh, one of my clients and I, one of my uh, students, we used to say all the time, you know, help for the helpers, help for the helpers. So if that's you and you think, okay, Heidi, what's the very first thing I need to do? I, I see I'm not clear. I see I'm inconsistent. I see that I am all over the place. Sometimes they have a cocktail at night and I join them. And other times they have a cocktail at night and I berate them. And other times they have a cocktail at night and I pretend I don't see them having a cocktail at night. And your reactions are so inconsistent. And that's not helpful. It's not helpful for the addict or alcoholic in your life, if there is such a thing, and there is. But mostly, it's not helpful for you because you don't know if you're coming or going because you're you're 50 different people. You're acting 50 different ways. So let's figure out what's most authentic to you. Let me help you figure out once and for all like what it is that you can count on in yourself so that you learn you can trust yourself again to be consistent and clear in your boundaries and continue to follow through. So step number one is make that list. 
What am I available for? What, I, what am I unavailable for? Listen, step number two would be to, to get involved in your recovery because yes, you can get a lot from this. You can journal and you can, you know, I used to do the same thing. I have YouTube University, honey, uh, Podcast Central, you know, everything I need to know, but there is something so valuable about deciding to take that next step and get inside of a course and watch the Q&A calls and figure out how this whole thing works or to come into your very own coaching experience where you're able to set that plan. It's, it's worth it. Um, there's, you know, it's an exceptional opportunity for you to be able to get that clarity kind of instantly. Uh, that's one of my gifts in the world is to be able to help you see clearly and see you clearly so that you can see clearly. Um, okay. I've said enough about that. I love you so much. I hope this has been helpful for today and I want you to take excellent care of yourself until I see you in another uh, episode. All right. Love you. Go to HeidiRain.com if you want more information and I'll see you really soon. Okay. Bye.